Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. We are beginning tonight's shear in Simen Kuf Nun Dalud. We are up to Sif Tesvav. It's the second to last line on page 86. The Mechaber says in Sif Tesvav, B'nei Krach Shekonu Sefer Torah. If the people of a city bought a Sefer Torah, V'hisnu, and they made a T'nai She'im Yetzei Echad Me'akrach, that if one person will leave the city, She'anisharim Yitnu Lo Chalko, those who remain behind will pay him back for his portion. V'hukru Hasvarim, and then the value the value of Sifrei Torah went up. If one of them went out, they only have to give him the amount that he gave in. They don't have to give him the higher value after the Sefer Torah went up. So again, the Mechaber says that the people of the city bought a Sefer Torah together. They made a Tanai that if one person leaves, they'll pay him back his Chelek and the value went up. They don't have to pay him the higher value. They only pay him the initial value of what he gave. Says the Mishabura Sivkotan and Zayin, the Hisnu, below Hisnu, if they did not make such a stipulation, then the person who moves out of town, they don't have to give him anything, because the day Lemaisa bought the Sefer Torah, having in mind that it will remain here. So the Ikara din is, he gets nothing back, it's only if they made the stipulation, then they have to pay him back money, they pay him the lower amount of what it was worth when they initially bought it. They only have to give him back that which he gave in initially before the price went up. Because we could assume that they only made it tonight to give him the clear chilek that he gave in at that time. And not to start making another evaluation later. So it goes by what he gave in initially. And even though it might be unclear in their language exactly what their intention was, it still has the same din. Since anyway the Sefer Torah will stay by the people that are remaining behind, they only have to return the money. So the people of the city are muqsuk in the Sefer Torah, but they have to give back money, but it's not clear how much money to get, give back. So, they can say, the people of the city can say, the Torah stays by us. And if it's because of the money that we owe you, if you want a higher amount, bring a raya. So, the second reason the Mishabura brings over here of why they give him the initial amount is because it's Hamotzim Echavero of Araya. Because Mamanov Shach, they get the Sefer Torah. He's claiming money from them, so Hamotzim Echavero of Araya. The first reason the Mishabur brought down is that Mestama, they planned on only making that one evaluation of what everyone gave in initially and not to make another evaluation later. And now the Mishabur gives an afkamina between these two reasons, and according to the second reason, that they say, you have to bring a raya to take money out from us. So, even if the value of the Sivir Torah went down, then they'll only have to pay him back the lower amount. So, again, we have two reasons why when the value goes up, they only give him back the initial amount. One reason was because Mistama, they weren't going to make another evaluation. They were going to go after what he gave him. And number two is, and therefore he gets the lower amount, which was the initial amount. Nafkamina is going to be in a case where the Sefer Torah didn't go up in value, but Fakirta went down in value. According to the first reason, he'll get back the value he gave in, even though it's higher than the value now. According to the second reason, so they'll still say, 
and he will only get back the lower value that it has now after it went down. Continues the Mishabura Vim Hoyat and if the stipulation between them was as follows Shim Yirza that if he wants who Yitain Lahem Dimeyam he'll give them back their money, the Ikachasefatora, and he'll be able to keep the Sevatora. So then Afopish and Isratza Achakach Litain Lahem Sevatora, even though he wanted afterwards to in fact leave them the Sevatora, Mikomakom Hem Enum Nikrom Muchzakim. In that case, the people remaining behind would not be considered Muchzakim. So he wouldn't say Amutsi Mechaver Overaya, Kevan Shiesh Biodala Salkan, since he has it in his hands to remove them and take the Sevatora, so that would strengthen his power in this fear of the money that he has on the other people of the city. Continues in the Shabura Vaitis of Kadanuntes, Bilvad. We said that when the person is, is moving away and he wants his chilk of the Sefer Torah back and they made that stipulation initially, he'll only get back the value of what the Sefer Torah was worth initially, his portion, not the value in which it went higher. This whole discussion on the Chaber is specifically in this case. That it's a case where if he would not have made an explicit tonight, he would have gotten nothing because it was made to stay where it is. And therefore, he really has no rights, except the fact he made a stipulation, so then he only gets the value of what it was worth initially. And automatically, then the Sefer Torah is considered in the Chazaka of the ones who remain behind. Just that Tznai helps that they'll give him some money. So, Heim Omrim, they say to him, I see Raya Kama Magiyolocha Bishvil Tznai Shulcha Ushkol. So they say, bring a Raya of how much is really coming to you because of this night and take it. So therefore, he has the lower hand. He has to be a Motsi Mechavel of Araya. Specifically in this case, where Me'ikra did, he has no rights. And only because of the Tznai, so he gets limited rights. Aval Shutofim Shekonu Biachad Bayis Echad. But if you have two partners that buy a house together, and they made a stipulation together that one of them can take back his portion of the house and get out of it at any time that he wants. And then the value of the house goes up. And then one of the people wants, in fact, to take back his portion and to leave everything, the house, by the other people. Then for sure they have to give him his portion in the value of the house that is right now at the higher value. Why? Just because of the Tznai, it's not going to ruin his power. This Tznai that they made is only to strengthen his Koach. That he won't have to wait around until they want to sell the house that he can back out whenever he wants, but it was never in terms of the amount that he has of value in the house. He Pashat has his portion when they bought it together, he owns that value. So if the value of the house went up, so now he gets his portion in the higher value. The Tznai there only helped that he can make the split whenever he wants. Masha'en ken kan Torah, which is not the case over here by the Sefer Torah, the Mitzat Hadin ain't lo shum zchus ba Torah, built the Tznai canal. But the Sefer Torah, he really has zero rights. The Tznai gives him rights, therefore he has the lower hand. By the house that two partners or more bought it together, so they all have equal rights, the Tznai only helps that you can choose when you want to get out 
out of the deal and they can't force you to stay in the deal longer. So then, of course, when you get your chilek, you get the higher value of the house that's right now and they can't force you to take the lower value from the beginning. Continues the Mishabura, B'nei Ha'ir Shahayu Lahem Beisakneses Echod. The people of a city who had one shul together, Umachmas Eizasibu Hutzruchu Lachlok Atzman Lushnayim. And then for some reason the shul had to split into two. Hadin Hu Dalach Is Shekol Klei HaKodesh V'Sifrei Torah Yachloku Ba'ofen Zeh. The rule is that all the Klei Kodesh and Sifrei Torah that are there, they should be split according to the following rules. Now before we see the exact rules of how they split it, no six points out very importantly over here this whole din only applies when they were forced to split because the shul wouldn't hold all the people that want to dive in there. But if some people left the shul because of a machlokas, so there the Shalzim Shuvah's Be'er Yitzchak says, When the majority stayed back in the initial shul, even even though it's in a form that was going on in the shul, that there were constant fights and machlokas. That we learned earlier in the name of Radvaz, that that is grounds to separate and make a separate shul. In that case, where there's a machlokas, and some of them are leaving, then they have no right to claim back their portion. So points out to Ber Yitzchak, this whole discussion of the Mishabura is where they split because there were too many people, they couldn't fit in the shul or for some other innocent reason, but if it's because of a machlokas, that a minority of people are going out and making their own shul, then they absolutely have no rights in the Klei Kodesh or the Sevetor of the shul. But when they had to make a split because there were too many people, so then we said they split it and back to the Mishabura in the following manner. If there are items that are known, that an individual donated, and the name of the Bailam has not left from this item, it is known in the veld that he donated it. So, then the one who donated it is allowed to take it back, him or his inheritors will be allowed to take it back and bring it to whatever shul they're going to be davening in. But if the name of the person who gave it was sort of forgotten, his name is not really attached to the item anymore, even though they really know who did it, but it's not called on his shame anymore. So, so he has no more rights in these items that he donated than anyone else. So he only continues his rights if not only it's known that he gave it, but his name is called upon it still. But once his name is no longer called upon it, even though they know who did it, so then... He does not have any extra rights. Continues the Mishiru in the third to last line on the right side of the page, on page Memdalid. And those items of Hektesh that they purchased from the Pushka, so there are those who say that these items that were bought with the kupa 
of the Beis HaKnesset, they'll be split up based on the amount of people that are 13 years of age in each shul. They'll get it based on the amount of people that they have. Because basically all the people that are 13 years of age and older, they have a schus in the Sefer Torah to read them and to use all the items of Hektish. The Magen Avram argues and says that even the women and children have a chilek in all these items. Because they yarshim the rights from their fathers. If it's items that can't be split, so then they'll get rights to use the item based on the amount of people they have in their tzibur. They won't physically split it, but time-wise they will split it based again on the amount of people that they each have. And a machlokas, if it only goes by people that are males over 13, or we factor in the women and children as well. Continues the Mishabura. A tzibur that had to run away from the city for a specific reason. And one of them grabbed the clay kodesh from the shul with him. And then the majority of the tzibur came back and resettled in the original shul. He must return the clay kodesh that he took with him. Even though he's the one who donated them initially. He's not interested in joining that seaboard again. Still, he must give the items back. Since the majority of the tzibur returned to their initial shul, he must give the items back, even though he donated them and he grabbed them along as they were running away, and he's not rejoining the shul. Still, these items go back to the shul. A person bought the rights to do a certain mitzvah in the shul for a year. Kigon Galila. For example, he bought the rights of Galila for a year. And within that year, the king sent out all the Jews. So it depends. If at the time when he made the Kenyan, he committed to buying the Galila for the year, the rumors of the king sending out the Jews was already known. Even though they were still working hard to cancel that decree. Still, he knew there was a chance the Jews were going to be sent out. He should have made a tonight that I'm only buying the rights for the amount of time that I'm going to be able to have this mitzvah. If he didn't make a tonight and the Jews were sent out after four months, he still must pay for the entire year because he knew there was a possibility to be sent out and he didn't make any stipulation. And even if he made it tonight, he have to make it tonight based on the laws of Tanoim. That is, for example, the tonight, the stipulation before the Maisa of what he's going to do, and other similar things that are discussed in the Gemara and Kedushin. Kvegar makes a note on this. Vedaito, in his opinion, is the Kol Shegila Daito Deino Kona Ela Bedafka Shiinula Gila Sagi. Kvegar says no. The fact that he initially made his thoughts revealed that he's only buying it 
Almanas to have the Galila, that's enough to show that he's only paying the money for the time that he has the Galila. And the Mela, if they do get sent out, and he didn't make the stipulation, but about that, he will still not have to pay for the time that he doesn't do the Galila. So that is a machlokas over here. Does he actually have to make a stipulation that if he doesn't get the chance to do the Galila the whole year, he's not paying for the whole year because he heard rumors? Or we say, no, the fact that he's saying, I'm buying the Galila, that's gufa enough to reveal his mind that he only wants to pay for the time that he's doing the Galila. Says the a person found a lost item in the courtyard of the shul or in the shul itself, he gets to keep it. Again, there's no simon on it, and we don't say that the courtyard of the hektish acquired it for hektish. We have a concept of a chotzer in kona, but the kinyan of a chotzer is mitam yad, ve'ein yad la hektish, and therefore the person who finds it without a simon would be allowed to keep it. Mokingiborim says that in fact this is a machlokas rishonim. As a person donates a certain item to shul, for example, a parochas for Aaron Kodesh, or plates of gold to cover the Sefer Torah, or similar things, he wants his name to be on it. The Tzibur is not allowed to hold him back from putting his name on the item that he's donating. Because even the Torah writes and publicizes those who do a mitzvah. When Ruvim wanted to save Yosef, the Torah writes it explicitly, Ruvim wanted to save Yosef. So therefore, the same way the Torah gives credit to people who do a mitzvah, so too you can't hold back a person who wants to write his name on an item that he's donating. However, so this is only if the Tzibur wants to accept his donation. But he's not able to donate something and write his name on it against the will of the Tzibur. If the Tzibur is willing to accept his donation, so then they have to allow him to write his name on it. But they don't have to allow him to make the donation if they don't want to take it from him. Two important notes over here. Number one, note number 64. Let's say the Gaboyim and Shul don't want to write his name on the item that he's donating. They want to have it on the board that's publicized in the Beis HaKnesses instead. So Rav Moshe writes in the Igris Moshe, they are allowed to force him not to write his name on the item, but to rather put his name on that board. The name doesn't have to be on the item he's donating specifically. And if you look at note 65, we see the host of Haramah, the Ramah adds on in Yordaya. It's not only that you must do it, but it's proper to do it. It's befitting to put a person's name on the item for two reasons. Then the Kudus HaGesef brings down B'Shem the Rashba, who's the source of this din, the reason there should be a remembrance for those who do a mitzvah about the mitzvah that they did. That they did. That's one reason why we should allow him to put his name on and we should want him to put his name on. Number two, 
Ose Mitzvah, that also opens the door for other people to do mitzvah. So first of all, publicize what he did as a chizak and a remembrance for himself. Number two, it's a chizak that other people will now have the opportunity and they'll be anxious to donate other things to the Beis HaKnesses as well. And there's two reasons why the Ramah brings down that, or the Kudus HaKnesses brings down the Rashba of why it's encouraged to write the donator's name on the item, or like Rav Moshe says, at least on the board in the Beis HaKnesses. Back to the Mishabur, we're on the left side, the last five or six lines. Kosov B'Sefer Chasidim Simen Tov Kuf Gimel. And Sefer Chasidim writes, very important, the Kuda. Maisa Be'echad Shabona Beis HaKnesses. There was a story with someone who built a shul. And there were people in the community that wanted to contribute to the building of the shul, and the one who was building it didn't want to accept their donations. He wanted to be a shame for him and his children. He wanted to be the full sponsor of the Beis Knesses. He didn't want anyone else helping out. All his kids died, his kids were wiped out clearly showing us that we should share the sponsorship if we're sponsoring someone, something and someone wants to join in, we should allow them to join in, let them have the schus. Don't hog it for yourselves. The Sefer Hasidim writes scary things about one who does that. Continues the Mishaburah Vaitar, Kosa the Munah Shmuel Simen Lamed Hey, Gabay Tzaka Shesachah Po'olim L'Sayed Ulekayar B'Mo'os Tzaka. If a Gabay Tzaka hired workers to plaster or to decorate the shul with the money of Tzaka, he took care of... Uh, being the manager of the job, ain lichto bebeis hamedrash. You should not write in the shul or the beis medrash. Zos nase bebekudas ploni gabai. We don't say this person was managing the the deal to get the beis haknesas or beis medrash plastered or decorated. He does not get his name advertised. Tedafka misha osa beatzmo. Tedafka the person who actually does the work himself. O makdish. Mamono Kosvin, or someone who donates the money to get the job done, that's a person who can get his name on the shul. So a person only gets a schus to have his name on if he does the work himself, or if he donated the money, but if he just managed it and found people to do the job, even though he did a great chesed, that's not grounds to get your name written on the shul. And that concludes Simen Kufnun Dalad and Hashem. And the next year we'll begin a new Simen Kufnun Hey. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Mara McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.